Welcome to the Ammo High School Podcast with your host, Christian Boyle. And Paul Muser. Let's have a show. Alright, so today we're going to be talking about the 11 people arrested in the Black Lives Matter protests in New York. We're going to have a small game, and we will talk about David Hogg and the Laura Ingram. Just overall, what's going on? Yeah, it's a jam-packed show. Uh, so... Basically, um, in New York City Wednesday night, um, hundreds gathered to express their um, their anger over the recent death of Stephon Clark, um, which was a young black man um, mm-hmm. who was shot in Sacramento. And so the protesters marched from Columbia Circle in Times Square, approximately 15, uh, 15 to 20 blocks, like around um, the area. Yeah, so essentially, um, the police was responding to this call by a, a known person just saying mm-hmm. uh, they saw someone breaking the cars with the crowbar and just breaking car windows. And so they passed by Clark, who's going to the back of someone's house, which we now learn is his grandmother's house. Mm -hmm. And they told him to stop. They thought he had a crowbar in the police cam video. We don't really see that. We see him running into the the house, and he gets shot multiple times, several, several times, and he eventually died. Yeah, and so um, according to to the, uh, the body cam footage, um, apparently they, that's, they thought he had a toolbar with him and they found out that he didn't have that. And so officers are seen running um, down the, the driveway chasing, um, chasing uh, Stevon Clark uh, as, as, he's, um, as, he's, as, as he's running away. And then um, the officers yell several times, they, they, they yell several times for Clark to stop and chill his hands before firing um, a, f- a good amount of shots at him. Well, my issue with this is, I mean, they're police officers. They have a tough job, but they fired at him 20 times. I'm assuming after the first one already. He, first off, I don't think it was a threat while he was running away from police. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a threat to their lives. Yeah. They just shot at him because he was running away. He was getting away. And that's not a good reason. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the police officer, unless it's a direct threat to you, uh, you don't have to shoot him because mm-hmm. uh, the American justice system, they, it's a system where if, you know, if you're not caught, if you flee from the police the first time, they still have your records mm-hmm. and they can always go after you some other time. So I don't know why they and you're, need. It's like you're mm-hmm. innocent until you're proven guilty, right? They don't know that he's the one breaking these car windows. Mm-hmm. And I they're still shooting at him yeah, because I he's getting away. I mean, this man, I, I, I can't remember. I, he, he's, run, he's going into his grandmother's house. I mean, he's obviously mm-hmm. very close with her. And I don't, I don't. I think this was a, a big example of excessive force, despite, I mean, the police's tough yeah, job. Yeah, it seems like every time we hear an African-American man getting shot, it's a, it's an example of excessive force, and mm-hmm. nothing gets done about it. So we're going to play the whole video of um, the, the, the audio footage of, um, of him running away, and yeah, here it is.
one out to the south that now gonna run. Okay, he's running towards the front yard. All that he wasn't even running, he was just walking. Mm -hmm. Like the, the video's showing us, he was just walking. So. And I mean, at, at any point while he's running away, he was not he was threatening to the police. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know why they couldn't have used the taser, but I mean, they're just trying to stop him from getting away. Or just waited until they got mm -hmm. a chance. I mean, like. It's just tough. I mean, a crowbar, it's like you're running away with a crowbar, and it turns out he didn't have one in he hand. Ha he had a phone. He had a phone in hand. He's not a danger to the cops. I don't understand this excessive force, but I, I have to acknowledge the police have a tough job. I mean, they do, but they I do. mean, they're, they're explicitly told unless someone's posing, mm -hmm. if he was, you know, lunging at them, mm -hmm. that would be a different case, but that's not what he was yeah. doing, and I just fail to understand why why he had to lose his life there. Let's finish off the video. <laughs> I can tell he's got a hoodie on. He's uh, running towards the front yard of 29th Street. 29th Street. He's looking into another car that's uh, in between the fence and the front yard. Started grinding his scotch, so it looks like he might be getting one at gunpoint. Copy, one at gunpoint. Okay, let's get a perimeter on this guy's running south. He's going to hit this field. Uh, he's at one, house, one further house to one yard to the south. Uh, two units trying to catch him. Sir, shots fired, shots fired. Copy, shots fired. I mean, right, mm -hmm. even if he, so, let's set the premise that he was posing a threat to them for some reason, which he was not, then why do you feel the need to shoot more than, than five, than two times? I mean, if you're 20 trying, times. They shot 20 times. But like, they shot to kill. If you're trying, that's, I mean, you're shooting to kill. Mm -hmm. You're shooting to kill at that point. I just don't understand why is that the case? Why and is th that the case? It that's makes me really angry. Mm -hmm. And that's not how the law is supposed to work. I mean, you're supposed to. You're supposed to get him alive. You're supposed to bring him in. Mm -hmm. But no, the, their goal was, I mean, it seems to kill him. 20 shots. I mean, I don't, if you look at the video, it doesn't seem like he's posing a threat even before the first shot, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's pretty bad. And I feel like the, after one shot, that's, that's enough. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to stop someone from fleeing away, a shot is enough. Mm -hmm. I mean, a shot is enough to kill him. And probably a shot is enough even to stop him. Even a warning shot. Him. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. You know? Why, why do they feel the certain need to end his life right there? Why? Why mm -hmm. is that the case? You know, can they not... I mean, can they get another... They could get another arrest warrant yeah. for him, right? Yeah, and so Black Lives Matter recently held a march, and 11 of the... 11 people were arrested. I mean, wh wh what was the pr premise for these arrests? Well, they, 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 there was nothing. They, what, there was, the only reason why he, they were going to arrest him was because he was suspect. Mm -hmm. He was a suspect um, to be one of the... To be the person who was going around... Um, breaking mm -hmm. into cars but you yeah know, obviously that's that they didn't have any any explicit yeah. proof proving that and well so we do know that clark had some previous felonies before but this had nothing this had nothing to do and they didn't know that at the time they didn't know who he was, was holding a phone he was a person holding a phone running away from the police i mean mm -hmm. 
and obviously um Clark. So his brother says his brother told um, Savante Clark. He said that um Clark um Savante Clark regularly used uh used the the back door to get to the mm-hmm. to the grandmother's house because he was not able to um the 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 doorbell did not work so the the back door was the way that he used. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 just a terrible death, and again, it's just like police. I mean, I, they're not trained to do this. They're not they're trained not, to. But, but I mean, in the moment, they. Why? I guess why implicit bias. Twenty times. There's obviously implicit bias, and like the police department tries their best to limit that. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's so hard, and there and there's a reform that needs to be made. But I mean, what is it? And this was not the first time that this happened in Sacramento. Um, less than two years ago, um. Joseph Mann um, was another unarmed mm-hmm. black man who was shot by Sacramento police in July 2016. Mm-hmm. So it's like this is not the first time this has happened. This has happened before. Mm-hmm. It, after that, it triggered uh, the police department to get um, police body cams. But obviously, even if you have mm-hmm. police body cams, these cops, it seems they, they're going to find a mm-hmm. reason to want to shoot someone. And also, they received training in de-escalation. I don't see how they were de-escalating in this situation. You hear him yelling at him. I mean... They're not trying at all. Is this what they were trained to do? I mean, just what he had a phone in his hand. Mm. It was a person with a phone. I think a taser could have been used. Anything else. Really, literally anything else. Tackling him. Yeah, ta- I mean, even. It's it's just one of those situations where it's, it's like you don't understand. That's, I mean, I totally understand the fact that, you know, cops mm-hmm. don't have it easy. But you just can't. Mm-hmm. It's your job to apprehend someone. It's not your job to be the the judge. It's not your job to yep. decide whether they were guilty or not. And mm-hmm. what they're doing is they're they're apprehending them. They're determining whether they're guilty or not, mm-hmm. and they're deciding the penalty. And the penalty is loss of life. And for a few broken windows, I mean, he's still suspected to be the one who had exactly. done this crime. And, but right, but <laughs> for, for a few broken windows, and mm-hmm. this is, it's not like explicit. It's mm-hmm. not like we have had footage. We've had video cameras of him, you know, screwing yep. breaking into windows. It's allegedly, and allegedly turns into, you know, he's going to lose his life today. And that's, yeah. that's a sad reality. And I'd just like to say this. If it was a violent crime that you was suspected of doing, if you was suspected of shooting someone, mm-hmm. and they see the phone in hand, and I guess it's dark outside, and they don't, they don't see it completely, I maybe would defend them a bit more. But really, right now, he's suspected of having broken a few windows, just being a vandal. I mean, Why is something a gun a, the number one thing like, that they can do? If, if this was a 14-year-old teenager who was white, I don't even know if they would have been running after him, if they would have followed him into the household. I mean, it's just a, it's just a very different situation. And if it's just a w- white kid, just because implicit bias. And, I mean, I don't know what scared the, scared the officer. I mean, it's just one of those situations it's a, where... It's a man running away from you. How are you scared of that? Yeah. Why is a gun the tool that you use mm-hmm. to defend yourself when a man is running away from you? Mm-hmm. You know, in some scenarios. And we've seen this before. We saw, I don't know... Um, one of uh, another un- un- unarmed black man was shot because mm-hmm. I mean he was walking away from the cop, but for some reason he posed a threat. I don't know what threat someone poses as they walk away from you. And I guess what many people think or many people would say is just the color of the skin. It, it I mean just that's the uh, implicit that's the only bias that the I can cops. bring myself yeah. to um to believe. It has to be the color of the skin because I'll say this over and over again. Walking towards the cop, you're not supposed to do that. That's gonna get you shot. Walking towards away from the cop, walking walking away the um from the cop is gonna get you shot, you know. S- telling a cop that I have a gun in my car is gonna get you shot. Yeah. It seems if you're a black man, you have one answer: you're gonna get shot. Yeah. And I hate you know like, obviously you know we have some good cops somewhere, 
But it says this is like it's hard for me to believe that if the same black men get shot over and over again. Yeah, and I mean, what a lot of people want is basically just the police force kind of to represent who lives there. And like, if you're in an inner city neighborhood, the the majority of the police force should not be white. Should not be, and and I mean that's what we're seeing in many scenarios. And at the end of the day, these white cops, you know what happens to them? They get away on the street. Mm. They get a slap on the wrist. I mean, they these cops were put on administrative leave. Yeah. So they get a slap on. Was this one unpaid or paid? I mean, because a lot of times you see paid administrative leave, which is essentially a vacation. But yeah. Either way, like. And we know how this mm. is going to end. I hate you. You know, it's going to end. They're going to go on trial. They're going to say, yeah. oh, it, it was self de- they, they uh, had I was a scared for my life. He, he was defending himself. Yeah. Stavante had some past, um, some felonies in the past. He posed a threat, even though they didn't know this at the time. Yeah. They're going to find a reason, and that's there goes another black man. And again. Who is going to cry about it? What's And the reason for that is just because of the nature of their job, where they're dealing with people every day who pose a threat. But I still think that's not a reason really to really defend this attitude because they essentially killed a black man for for what? I mean, a few broken windows that they weren't sure he'd done. Know, which they didn't and know. what did he have really to pose a threat? A phone. I mean, phone. I feel like we're kind of repeating ourselves here, but I mean, think about it. Like, it's a phone. He had a phone in hand and they thought he may have broken some windows. He posed no threat. That's, I mean... Yeah. That's the sad reality. Kevin could be a young African American, which I happen to mm-hmm. be. You know, that's the sad reality. You can't, you can't slip up. Yeah. You, you can't afford to slip up. If you, if you slip up, don't be surprised if there's a bullet going behind you. Yeah. You know, don't be surprised. But don't be surprised mm-hmm. if you spend the rest of your life in jail. Like, that's the truth about America. Mm-hmm. It's, it's messed up, and it sucks. That you have to talk about it. That's, the, that's the truth. When you, you know, African Americans have to do this over and over again, and they don't get justice. Mm-hmm. That's not true because it's not fair. It's, it shouldn't be the case, but. Yeah. I guess I accept it, you know. I guess, but that really sucks. I mean, they didn't. Pr- there was no proof that he was mm-hmm. he was a criminal at the time, and running away. I feel like that's not threatening. That's not threatening enough to the police officer mm-hmm. at the time, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, the spokesperson for um for for Stephen Stephen uh Stephen Clark, he said there's no way um for them to justify this. How he shoot a person twenty times outside his grandparents' house. It's just absolutely right. Yeah, you know, and even if they know it was outside his parents' house, what's the need to shoot a person twenty times? I besides killing, I do not understand. The only reason I see is if he has a gun and he poses a threat to the police officer. That's the time to shoot. 20 that's times. Folks, yeah. That's you know that's that's a sad reality. It's a harsh reality for young African American men. It's what they have to deal with. You gotta. You cannot be. Um, you can't be average. You cannot slip up. You slip up once, that could be the end of you. That's the truth. Whether you live in the richest town around or the poorest town around or or in the inner city, wherever you live, mm-hmm. it's not safe. You know, you, you it's like you're <laughs> you're running a race, but you start twenty yards behind, and that's mm-hmm. gotta deal with that. But um, mm-hmm. it's it's just really sad. That's sad. You know, that makes me makes me angry. But what can you do about it? Uh, it seems like we've gone through this mm-hmm. over and over, and it was Trayvon Martin, it was Michael Brown, over and over again. And what happens is that during these trials, these these victims, they're painted to be mm-hmm. criminals. They're painted to be, you know, monsters. And what do you do about it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. What do you think? How do you even solve it? I mean, it's just, I mean, the police force has to represent the people living in the area. And I, I think it'd be great if you had people living there being the police officers. But it's, it's, it's really tough. I mean, 
there's a lot of stuff we can do, but the the only way to really l- completely eliminate it is to end racism, and that's just I mean that's the theme throughout America, really. But um, every time you mention racism, mm-hmm. it seems like everyone's backing away from it, and you're trying yeah. to say that African Americans have to work harder to earn maybe less mm-hmm. or even the same as as a white counterpart. It seems a lot of people say, "No, you're crazy. It's not the case anymore." Mm-hmm. That's the harsh reality, you know. That's that's what African Americans have to live with. Um, so that was it was a heavy topic, but uh, I talk about it, you know. It's yeah. tough that, in, again, I I don't understand why. And it's you know what makes me what makes it worse is that when these Black Lives Matter um movement supporters when they um when they go to protest, mm-hmm. they're getting arrested. Why yeah. are they getting arrested? They're getting arrested because a living ass. Exactly. A lot of time, Black Lives Matter actually attempts to be peaceful, attempts to keep it peaceful, and really, I mean, you see these arrests that are. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the 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 claim is they're posing a danger to society, but, but I, mean, I mean, maybe the ideas exactly are. If it hap- if you if you're black, mm-hmm. at any point in time, you're posing I guess a you're danger. Posing, I guess. Yeah, uh, I guess so. Being black is always a threat. I guess. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a, it's not fair, but you know, should we live with it? Mm-hmm. Or you gotta accept it how it is. Yeah, so we're going to take a quick break and um, go to a game today, which All is right. a little more fun than on that topic, which is quite a shame. So um, I have a question for you. Uh, Paul, what college do you think has the lowest acceptance acceptance rate as of 2018? As of 2018? Uh, in America? or yeah, in America. I know uh, there's actually a college in India where they have a 0.5% acceptance rate, ITT Mumbai, I think it's called. Oh, wow. But... Um, Oh, that's interesting. I'm going to say, I mean, Harvard. <laughs> Oof, that is, uh, I'm afraid you're off, dude. Nah, <laughs> I was um, assuming that. I'll give you another guess. Uh, go f- get one more choice. Go one more. Maybe, um, Christian University? Maybe, uh, uh, that's tough. Might be, like, some skills school. I'm not sure. I mean, Stanford, MIT. <laughs> uh, it's, it's pretty close. So, it goes, it's the... The Curtis Institute of Music, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's what I thought. One of those skills. Has a four point nine acceptance rate, four point nine percent acceptance. Yeah. And then Stanford is close behind with a five point one accept percent acceptance mm. rate, and then we see Harvard University, which is obviously close by, which has a six percent, and then mm. Yale has a six point three percent, and UC Berkeley has a seventeen point five percent, and just to put that kind of in perspective, um, BU has a twenty nine. Uh, percent acceptance rate. So yeah. which BU's? I mean, if you if you if you if you, if you get mm-hmm. a chance to go to BU, that's, I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's a very it's 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 hard to do, and it's an accomplishment. So these schools are just on a different level. You know? Yeah, those Ivy Leagues, yeah, and I mean the Curtis Institute of Music. I mean that's what I was assuming. Mm-hmm. Some of those skill schools where it's like, everyone wants to go to the best school for music, yeah, and, I mean. It, it's harder to judge criteria for music schools just because it's not necessarily grades or rigid things. It's your music skill, it's among talent. other things. Yeah, right. And judging that, I mean, there's no letter to it. Well, at least that I know of. <laughs> there's no letter that, that you yeah. know of. Um, mm-hmm. My next question is, how many students do you think um, end up enrolling in university after high school? Uh, as a percentage, yeah, I'd as assume... Percentage. Well, in Belmont, I think it's... At least for our town, it's probably a very high number, yeah. probably around 90-something. Yeah. But, I mean, in the whole United States, I'd assume maybe 75? Wow, I, I would say you're pretty close. Hmm. Um, it's 59.2%. That's as of 2015, so it's not current. So hmm. that's, um, that's just 
I mean, 2013 is close enough, I think. No, I don't 2015. Think. Oh, 2015, 2015 yeah. I don't think things have changed that much. Yeah, really. so 69.2% are moving on, and that mm. equates to around 20 million students are expected. 20 million, yeah, were expect, expected to attend university in, um, well, in 2015. Yeah, on that subject, I'm not sure if that's necessarily good, having 69% of people really going to college. Because does, does society really need 69% of people to be college-educated? Like, there are a lot of jobs that don't need a college education. Like... Uh-huh. A plumber, an electrician, and all those are very necessary I think jobs. When it comes down to it, everyone is looking for money. Yeah, everyone and that's the goal. But even even like starting a business, you need a college education. I mean, that's the question. A lot of people have been raising that actually at my school. I've, a lot, I've had a lot of conversations with people who just like, I don't know if I need college, right? And I, I mean, a lot of people go through that path because they feel it's like the guaranteed path to money. Mm-hmm. But well, is it, it the guaranteed? Seem like it's yeah. the guaranteed, and that actually oh, has something to do with my next. It's uh, the guarantee, yeah guarantee but mm-hmm. i mean I, being able to run start your own business it takes um mm-hmm. a lot of risks and you have people are afraid of taking risks and uh, and i think the reason why people are so set on going to college is because i mean your whole especially in belmont i mean high school is about mm-hmm. playing it safe getting that a and that's all that's yeah. what belmont is about if you're not getting that a if you're not taking that ap class and then you're not doing so well you know mm-hmm. And that's I, I think that's w- that's where the problem begins is that everyone's about everyone wants to get that A plus everyone wants to be mm-hmm. taking that AP class and if you do those I'll just check both both of those boxes just you're safe if yeah. you don't do those then ah oh, you're not as high achieving and then mm-hmm. the whole mess but it seems like college is the way to go you know no I mean it's the it's the only guarantee to have a it's job the only guarantee and people want and actually not not really anymore because there's so many people six nine point one percent. It depends on the college you go to. It depends on how well you do at that college. And then after that, I mean, there's always the uncertainty of how the economy is going to go. And people have been complaining about colleges offering, you know, not useless degrees, but colleges, especially if this goes to liberal arts schools, mm-hmm. you know, they well, at the end of the tend day. to offer mm-hmm. flimsy, you know, degrees that, right, it's degrees, right? Yeah. But people spend a lot of money on them, but then some people might not really need to go to college to, to get mm-hmm. the same place or the same amount of experience. And th- this is why, I mean, and millennials are the ones who are really, they got, like, screwed over with this. Is that, you know, they end up going to school, they get a degree, and they come out and they're like, oh, but everyone, but you don't need a de- you don't necessarily need a degree to do this. Or yeah. you don't, or even if you do, it wasn't worth, it wasn't, it wasn't worth it for me to spend two hundred thousand dollars yeah. to get this degree because in the long run it doesn't pay so much. It's very flimsy, you know, compared to a STEM getting a mm-hmm. uh, getting a degree in a STEM program where you know, oh, you're gonna be the man or like, you know, or getting something you know like something skillful, something you yeah. actually learn a skill. Getting these flimsy degrees that they don't work, they end up not working. You get a lot of people end up working mm-hmm. as baristas at Starbucks, which is completely fine. But if you're going to spend two hundred thousand dollars, two hundred fifty thousand dollars on a school, why should you, mm-hmm. you know, not spend the rest of your life doing what you learned? Mm-hmm. At least in my opinion, I think it comes down to supply and demand. And if people want to take these classes, which is liberal arts courses, which sometimes can be useful to get into law school among other things, mm-hmm. but if they want to take these courses that I mean don't lead to these higher careers and don't lead to these high-paying jobs, that's their option. I mean, if they didn't realize it wouldn't pay, I mean, I feel like they didn't do enough research yeah, and didn't do enough. It, that's what it comes down to. I think like, if you really want, if you want to make money, then your goal you should have researched before what mm-hmm. what you wanted to do. 
but if you don't care about that and you want to research yeah, African yeah, studies yeah, yeah. or I mean, and, I mean yeah. yeah, that's the problem. It's, it's not gonna. It's not African gonna. Studies or like you know gender studies, mm-hmm. which is it's great that people mm-hmm. are willing to you know it's we we need people who can teach us about yeah. these different aspects of stuff, but it's just not sustainable. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with these no, careers. Like, that's what yeah, I'm saying. I mean, like, yeah, if people want to study them, people should study them. But but be ready to for you personally. If you're going to be taking, mm. you know, gender, st- and I don't know why it's like this, I, you know, I guess we gotta accept it. But if you're going to, you know, major in um in gender studies or or, or something like that, you're not necessarily guaranteed. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be making a lot of money. It's it's just yeah. it's a sad reality. And if it's what you love, I mean, be ready to, I mean, face that. I mean, mm-hmm. like film school, it's very un. You're not guaranteed anything. I mean. You can be paying eighty grand a year to go to certain schools, and then some people without a college degree can actually just do better than you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's, so that's the, it's the same thing with business. Yeah. You know, business school is also it used to be. Oh, you want to get rich? I'm gonna do business, but that's not mm-hmm. the case anymore. Yeah. Business is not just about you know your degree. It's not about yeah. your degree. You can have a degree in business, and you could not be a good businessman mm-hmm. or woman. So, like degrees like that, even law. Law has become since so many people are getting law degrees, it's becoming almost useless. Not useless. I mean, I mean it's, it's, you it's needed small. to be a lawyer. Yeah, you need to be a lawyer. But getting a law degree does not guarantee the same amount mm-hmm. of financial security that it is guaranteeing you. Yes, yeah. Because we have a surplus. And this is what happens when you, when you come from law school. You, you got to get your craft somewhere. Mm-hmm. And they, they end up being, you know, they end up re- representing the, you know, the state or they represent mm-hmm. the town in, in, as an attorney. So, like, like you're making money. Mm-hmm. But it's not the same amount of money that people were making in the same um in the same profession a few years back. Yep. Or it's not as much money as you thought the industry was going to be. And that goes back to the sixty nine point one percent of people going to college. I mean, mm-hmm. if everyone's getting a law degree, then, and you only need so many lawyers in the country, exactly. some pe- some of them are going to be without jobs. That's just the fact of the matter. Some of them are going to be underpaid. Or if they don't have jobs, they're going to be getting mm-hmm. you know grossly underpaid. And again. It's expensive to get this. Yeah, un- underpaid relative to uh, yeah to, to the price of the degree yeah, and exactly. to what it used to be. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's I mean it's 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 very interesting. You have to be careful, make mm-hmm. that decision. Is it worth me to invest this? And that's why state schools are looking really good because you know they they're offering mm-hmm. an education for a, a cheaper price. And my last um, it's funny how my last question kind of connects with the whole job thing. Um, what do you think is the highest paying job? I mean. Do you want, like, specialized? Because, I mean, I could say doctor, but there's so many different pieces of that, um, like heart surgeon, neurosurgeon. I don't know if I'm hitting on anything right now. I mean, you, you, I, what I'm looking at, that's that's the truth. Um, yeah. The highest paying job is not a doctor, but it's anesthesiologist. Yeah. The reason really? why it's very high paying, because, well, it takes a little longer to become mm-hmm. an anesthesiologist than it does to become a doctor. You need to go through med school. You, it's, like, it's mm-hmm. the same thing, but just a little more. Mm-hmm. But um, the big thing is that, if you need to perform any, so you cannot perform a surgery yeah. without having an 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 anesthesiologist on oh. on deck. So we need them. You need them. So they've, it's a very high demand job because they need it for any sort of surgery, any sort of anything that you're going to do to a patient. You almost need a, you mm-hmm. almost need an anesthesiologist at a dentist at, at a at a dental place. Mm-hmm. You need one. So it's very high demand, and since it takes so long to attain it and very expensive. Mm-hmm. It's it's very. I mean, I mean, the median salary is about um two hundred seventy thousand dollars. Really. But in some places, very rural places, it actually goes higher, because yeah. less people want to live there. Less anesthesiologists want to live there, mm-hmm. and it, they go up to five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I was, I was doing some research actually a, f- a few years ago, just 
I mean, out of curiosity, mm-hmm. and I saw that really in the in the states where like really you'd think there's less cities, there's less development. These 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 professions like doctors and lawyers mm-hmm. are actually being paid more. I mean, they're making. I mean, in some places, I'm certain they make up to yeah. seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. And there and there's one reason for that. It's because supply and demand, and that's I mean a that's lot of how demand. They, no one wants if it's a place where yeah. you know these the nearest cities. Five four hours away, mm-hmm. middle of nowhere, right? You you still need an you still need an, an anesthesiologist, but they might not want to live there. And yeah. as an incentive for them to live there, might be, yeah, sure, we'll pay you fifty thousand dollars more. And yeah. so these jobs, I mean, this is one thing that I I'm I'm considering for the future because it's, I mean, that twenty seventy thousand dollars looks pretty good, right? I mean, and how hard is the job? Like, yeah, at the end of I the mean, day, right? You gotta go through a lot school. of school. That's yeah, a lot of schooling, mm-hmm. but. I'd rather go through a lot of schooling and have, you know, a job that's that guarantee. guaranteed mm-hmm. rather than take a risk and build, you know, to something yeah. shorter, but it's going to be, you know, you can wake up the yeah. next day and you're useless. You so, know? like, go live in North Dakota somewhere. Yeah, and get I'd rather, you know, I'd rather <laughs> sacrifice, but make, it's all about the money, as some people would say, as I would say, it's all <laughs> about the money. All and right. the second job here is um is a surgeon with a $252,000 mm-hmm. median. We have an obstetrician, a gynecologist, 254, mm-hmm. um, an oral surgeon, 230, an orthodontist, 228. So, like, yeah. the medical industry seems to be a pretty safe bet. Where's lawyer? Is lawyer on the list? Not aware. All right. not, not on the list as of now. Not <laughs> on the list. We're private, not lawyer. There's, I mean, there's so, so, the problem is that there's too many lawyers out there. Yeah. There's, there's already so much but money the, to make. It's interesting because there are a lot of different branches of lawyers, like, mm-hmm. But most of them yeah. are not high paying. Even I mm-hmm. mean, criminal justice is the most known one. But unless you you have to earn your craft, the yeah. problem with laws, right? When you come mm-hmm. out of law school, oh, so like the starting jobs are very low. They're very low, and then and they it, can go up. It could take you two years to become you know the next big thing, or it could take you fifteen years. Yeah. Or twenty, or thirty. So, like you don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't know. No one knows. It doesn't depend on how good of a law. Well, it depends on how good the mm-hmm. law is. But it does not. Just because you have the degree doesn't mean you're going to be making the money. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, being a doctor, becoming a doctor is really hard. But once you're there, it's like, you know, you're almost yeah. guaranteed. Yeah, even the entry-level jobs, yeah. I'm assuming, are high mm-hmm. paying. Yeah, Because, you know, it's once, you're, once you know how to be a doctor, you're a mm-hmm. doctor. And that's why it's so, I mean, with the top five paying jobs, all of them do require extensive <laughs> studies. Yeah, I mean, I think and that's the payback. Yeah. That's the payback. And they do pay back. Becoming a doctor mm-hmm. does pay back. Becoming an anesthesiologist does pay back. And basically, if you want to play it safe, um, becoming a doctor might be a thing you should consider, mm-hmm. you know? And, well, this, this game leads us to um, a showdown between uh, Laura Ingram and David Hogg. Um, you may know David Hogg mm-hmm. uh, from the whole Stoneman Douglas, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas School. Mm-hmm. He was one of the students there, and he, he was very vocal on the news, and he went on multiple news channels just to state his opinion, and for gun control, right? Mm-hmm. And Laura Ingram, um, she's the shut up and dribble woman. She's the shut up and dribble woman, which <laughs> I, I don't like her at all. Um, I I'm think just I mean, she told honest, LeBron yeah. James maybe one of the the best lo- role models um, in professional leagues, professional sports. Yeah. To shut up and dribble, we pay you to play sports and bounce and bounce a ball. You have no political opinion. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't. She did not start off to a good foot here. Yeah. But um, so um, basically, she apologized on Thursday for. Being a little mean to um, yeah. Let's start out with her, <laughs> with her tweet. Um, mm-hmm. here let me just find exactly what she said. David Hogg rejected by four colleges to which he applied and whines about it. Dinged by UCLA with a four point one GPA, 
totally predictable given acceptance rate. So first of all, she's essentially attacking this kid for getting rejected well, by four colleges. Attacking, and I, I'm having a lot of trouble to de- defending he, her. She which says, I'm not. "Yeah," but, but she says he whines about it. And I, I actually watched the video. He didn't seem really like he wasn't whining about it. He he was mentioning so he was he was just like he said it was unfortunate. We'll, we'll watch the video later, but I just think like. She's attacking this kid for one reason only, and it's his political views on gun control, among other things. Mm-hmm. And she's obviously a Fox News host, which is, I mean, a very right wing channel. Fox, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we all know Fox. And um, and she seems yeah. she's always, you know, trying to pick at someone. You know, LeBron. Mm-hmm. Now it's this. I mean, this kid's doing great things. I mm-hmm. wish he's in a position where I could make, you know, as big of a difference mm-hmm. as he's making. And the one thing that she says is, "Oh, you didn't get accepted. You have a four point one GPA. Too bad. You want to cry about it." And should she be, as a grown mm-hmm. woman, should she be attacking a 17-year-old? A and also, I'd just like to say, like, like, she's, I don't know why she's attacking him. I mean, she'd had him on the show a few, uh, a few months ago I mean, as she well. she was the first person yeah. to have him on a show after the shooting. And I mean, you may disagree with his political opinion, but the one thing you have to do is, like, respect it. Because, I mean, he's going out there after a very tough, I mean, it's a tough thing to do, going out. You're in a school shooting, that's a traumatic experience. And he's willing to go out there and fight for what he believes in. I mean, you have to respect the opinion, if anything, really, or just respect the work he's putting in. Or exactly, the and uh, that's just pure disrespect. There's mm-hmm. no need to do this, and what it's it's just another way for her to put him down. I mean, and I, mm-hmm. for me, obviously, if you want to attack me, I'm I'm all yours. Mm-hmm. You can attack me all you want. I'm not going to call a boycott on you. <laughs> but that's what that's what he did. So I mean, he goes on. So da- David Hogg, obviously, he's been on the he's been in the spotlight for a while, and he knows how to get people's attention. So this was probably not a good battle mm-hmm. for um, Laura Ingram, but for some reason, uh, she thought that she had this. Mm-hmm. So David Hogg basically said um, the, the hashtag boycott Ingram advert, and she, he was like, I'm just asking for a friend. How many advertisers do you have? And then he goes on and tweets out um, the list of all the advertisers that Laura, the top mm-hmm. the advertisers, which is um, number one is Slip Number, AT&T, Nutrish, Allstate Insurance, um, Bear, uh, Rocket Mortgage, um, Liberty Mutual, Arby's, TripAdvisor, Nestle, Hulu, and Wayfair was the, the top um, mm-hmm. top twelve, and and he calls a boycott on her on her advertisers. Yeah, she sa- he says like pick a number one to twelve, co- contact the company next to that number, and then he basically says like yeah, attacker. And I mean, he's do she's doing. I mean, it's. I was the same position. I'm not sure if I would do that, I don't but I think I have the power to, to call mm-hmm. a boycott. But and from him, from what I understand, know? a few of these companies actually backed out and have stopped advertising. No, they, mm-hmm. a lot of them are back. TripAdvisor yeah. backed out, Nestle backed out, Wayfair backed out. And if you understand the, the the way it works, it's that's a lot of money leaving her pocket. That's a lot of money leaving Fox News. And if money's leaving Fox News, then she's useless. She's yeah. irrelevant at that point. The only way that you mm-hmm. stay on air is by being able to captivate not only viewers captivate um mm-hmm. advertisers and if they don't want to do anything with you then they're not going to at end of the day the way it works is if you're captivating viewers the advertisers will give fox news money to run ads on your show but if you're i mean if if everyone hates you the advertisers can be like well we don't want to be associated with that exactly. we're backing out mm-hmm. and then you lose money because your platform isn't as big or it's not as strong and so it's just hurting the advertisers, and they just don't want that. I mean, this was the same mm-hmm. way that um, it was 
O'Reilly went down. Besides I mean, the, but he, he had some good reasons. No, but yeah. besides, Fox was not going to let him go. They knew about this. Fox yeah. knew about this, but they weren't going to let him mm-hmm. go because it wasn't out there yet and because the advertisers were still there. But once people were like, okay, so he did this, advertisers pull out, it, it was gone within mm-hmm. uh, within, a, within a few months. So once, if he cannot get advertisers, you're irrelevant. Good thing we yeah. don't have advertisers. So, um, <laughs> by the way, if you want to advertise, you can always contact us. Um, but what's <laughs> actually interesting is I was reading a. This is kind of off topic, but I was reading an article from about Mexico, mm-hmm. and the way their system works is a lot of the advertising money comes from the Mexican government. Yeah. And so some, some news companies will actually run good stories for the Mexican government, just to get more advertiser money, or they'll say we won't cover this if you give us more advertiser money, like you know, under under oh, the wow. table. And so, like, there's actually, like, this big argument that, like, Mexico has some, like, democracy issues, right? Because, I mean, if you, if it's a state-run media, and in this case, it's not a state-run media, but it's, but mean, it's money, con- money like, state-controlled media, mm-hmm. it's kind of a problem. And yeah. that's a problem for, I mean, how news gets out and what stories are covered. And so, I mean, I, I think it's kind of related to how, like, the advertisers really, they're the ones who have the power. Yeah. Yeah, and so after this whole thing, after he calls him calls her out with the numbers, um, she advertisers start backing out mm-hmm. within you know the first twelve hours, and she tweets any student should be proud um, of her of her four point two GPA. Just went up by point including, one. Um, no, yeah, which uh, ended up, <laughs> moved up one point for some reason, <laughs> including David Hogg. Um, on reflection, in the spirit of Holly Week, I appreciate. I apologize for any upset or hurt my tweet caused him, or any of the brave victims of Parkland. For the record, I believe my show was the first one um, to feature David. And then she goes on to say immediately after the horrific shooting and even noted how poised he was given the tragedy, given the tragedy, um, as always, he's welcome to return to the show anytime for a productive discussion. And here I actually want to talk about this. So she mentions how poised he was. So this was actually like a conspiracy at the beginning of this whole Stoneman, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas school shooting that he was a paid actor. And that was like. He was being attacked for that because he seemed very poised after his school shooting and he wasn't like he was speaking very I mean eloquently and he was speaking well and he was speaking on his issues and so people were saying oh the government paid him to do this and they mentioned how his father I think is an F- FBI agent among other things and that's even that's terrible I mean he just lived through a school shooting and you're putting him under the mud for that and so she's she's mentioning how she didn't do that and I guess that is a good thing on her part but I mean she's mentioning I don't think her having him on the show really means anything. I mean, the tweet stands as is. The big question is, is she just apologizing because she's losing money mm-hmm. or is she apologizing because she actually means it? And people are saying, if I've talked to a lot of people about this, actually, what some of my teachers, mm-hmm. they're saying, you know, if she apologized before she started losing advertisers, then it's like, oh, it's genuine. Yeah. But um, she's apologizing after she starts losing money, meaning... It's the money mm-hmm. that's that's the reason for the apology, and David Hogg does not take this. So he goes on to say, <laughs> "An apology is an effort to save. Um, an apology is an effort to save your advertisers is not enough. If you're the Thursday, I will not accept um, your apology only if you denounce the way um, your network has treated my friends. Um, in this fight, it's time to love thy neighbor, not mis- mudsling at children. So yeah. So. The one thing I have to say here is she says it's n- not to mudsling at children. And, I mean, I definitely agree with that. I mean, the, p- the p- a lot of people were attacking him and calling him, like, an, a paid actor, and that's terrible. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, when you're involved in the political process, you want a discussion. So, obviously, you're allowed to have opposition. 
But in the case of Laura Ingram, she's just attacking him for not getting into a college. That's not a discussion. That's not productive. That's not how a distraction from how any political topic. process should work. I mean, I just think it's a distraction. I think, I mean, he wasn't really whining. Like, I watched the video, the video we, we, we will show. Mm-hmm. He was just stating, like, oh, it's unfortunate. A lot of people deserve it as well. I mean, if they don't want to support me for what I've done, I mean, that's fine. And, yeah. We'll sh- but I think yeah. another thing that we have to keep in mind um, – when he was applying, he was not yet an activist. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a leader of this movement when he was applying. And so, I mean, he was applying during, like, in January or he could have applied earlier on. But so mm-hmm. he, wasn't a, he wasn't a leader at the time. So that might be the reason. And, I mean, looking at UCLA and UC, other, uh, UC Berkeley, mm-hmm. look, looking at all the schools um, in the UC system, they're not, they're, not, they're not easy to get into. So yeah. maybe she does have a point, but I just feel like, this is not the right time mm-hmm. to be doing this, especially for someone who, you know, running such a great movement. This campaign, I mean, it's been nothing but, but greatness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's she no, there's no, no violence even associated with it. I haven't heard any stories of people like attacking NRA, attack like attacking people involved in the NRA. There was the march in Boston. We saw the NRA pass by, but and no, one, no one attacked them. I mean, so the, this is the a successful movement. Yeah, I mean, and it's just not right for her as for someone who's been in media for way longer mm-hmm. than he has been on the spotlight attack her again he's a 17 year old i mean she has no right to attack mm-hmm. him she really she really does not and if, if she feels like she she does have the right then she saw what happened and if she's gonna attack him attack him on his points say maybe oh gun control wouldn't help which i don't know i don't think that's that doesn't seem accurate at all mm-hmm. i don't but you don't attack him on something personal like getting rejected from four colleges that's, like that's, that's almost childish yeah you know? so we have the video of um of of david hogg being interviewed by tmz we'll play it uh, it's not been too great for me and some of the other members of the movement, like Ryan Deitch. We got rejected from Cal State. Uh, sorry. We got rejected from UCLA, and I got rejected from UCLA and uh, UCSD. So it's been kind of annoying having to deal with that um, and everything else that's been going on. But it, at this point, I was, you know, we're, already, we're changing the world. We're too busy. For, you know, right now, it's too hard to focus on that. Mm-hmm. Are you a little surprised that schools haven't solicited you because beyond having a 4.2 grade point average, uh, you are doing important things. I, I'm not surprised at all, in all honesty. I think there's a lot of amazing people that don't get into college, not only that do things like I do, but because their voices just aren't heard in the tsunami of people that apply every year to colleges in such an economic, uh, in such a really impacted school system here that we have in America where people have to go into massive amounts of debt to go to college and get an education. I think it's really sad, but uh, it's it's the truth. So where are you going to go? I don't know. I don't. Where'd you get right now? I, I mean, honestly, I have no clue. I haven't even thought about that, really. Where'd you get accepted? I got accepted to, uh, what was it? FAU, which is Florida Atlantic University, Cal Poly, and where else did I get accepted more? Cal State for San Marcos. Um, I got rejected from, yeah, Cal State Long Beach as well. It must be a little disappointing given that you had to go through this kind of trauma, you picked yourself up, and you created a movement that has really resonated around the world. It is. It is absolutely disappointing. But um, at this point, 
we're already changing the world. If colleges want to support us in that, great. If they don't, doesn't matter. We're still going to change the world. Now, going to TMZ. So, I mean, with what he said, I guess I do agree with what he has to say. Um, I mean, at the, mm. at the last point, he said if colleges want to support him or not, keep in mind that he applied before all mm -hmm. this happened. So, yeah, the colleges put up his application bef before all this happened. I bet if he applied right now, he probably get a response from every single school mm -hmm. that he applied to. So I think obviously the timing of when he applied and this happening and him kind of becoming an activist, it did not work. On it did not work out for him to be able to accept to be to what to go to whatever school he wanted to. But um, I just she didn't have a right to attack him. But yeah, I mean, she said he was whining. Right now he's saying I'm too focused on other things to think about. I don't know school. how you can perceive that as whining. I mean. Yeah, I mean, he, she has to respect his opinion. She, she, she seemed to just be, like, trying to attack him in any way possible. And, I mean, that tweet was just, like, to get her base riled up, to get yeah. her base, I mean, happy. And it obviously backfired for her. So, I mean, she got what she just deserves. the fact of the matter. That's, yeah. yeah. You, you know, you mess around with someone who's changing the world, that's what you get. And it's, mm -hmm. it's good for him that he has such a big platform to, you know, to shut down people, to shut down the haters. Like mm -hmm. Taylor Swift would say, blocking out the haters. But, I mean, I, she is, he especially needs to change the world in America because I was actually reading a study and in America compared to other countries with similar like average or median uh, income mm -hmm. we have 25 times more like gun violence or yeah 25 times more that's a, that's a big number mm -hmm. so in these like developed countries I mean they're not having as many issues gun problems are not issues yeah. I mean, it's good for him that he's able to just speak up the, for what he believes in mm -hmm. and he's I mean he's, he's taking he's taking the world by storm good for him I'm Really proud of him, you know. Mm. Only if more teenagers acted like this rather than spending time playing video games. <laughs> but that's that's <laughs> that that's Fortnite. Yeah, everyone's you know everyone's playing Fortnite rather than. <laughs> it's a fun game. It's a fun uh, game. But it's it's good for him that he's able to do this, and I believe that's it for our show. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. You can mm. find us at www.humblepodcasts.com. That's podcasts with an S. Uh, you can find a lineup of our, of our shows, and you can find us on iTunes, and uh, you can find us on dollarmedia.com. Thank you for dollarmedia.org. And uh, thank you for joining yeah, us. Thanks for watching.